When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. But tonight, instead of from Texas to Florida, it's just from Florida to Florida. Because Jonathan Zaslow is filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Zaslow, also a Floridian. Yes. Zaslow, for those of you who do not know, was my co-host in Miami. We had a local show together for five years down in Miami. It has been, what, two years since I flew away from you? Like oh, sweet, sweet bird. bird. Flew away. <laughs> yes, I think it was about two years ago. You flew away to bigger greener, and greater and greener yes. pastures. Greener pastures. And here you are. Here you are. That's right. Just followed me. I have followed you. I, thought, I have followed I, you up I thought here. I, got, I thought I got away. You know? No, no. You can, never, you can never quit me. That is what I have learned. So we are reunited once again after all this time together. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So Zaz and I are going to have a lot of fun here over the next few hours. There's tons to get into, but the biggest breaking news of the day was that we learned that Dallas Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs He tore his ACL in practice today, Zaz. He is expected to miss the rest of the year. This is a huge loss for what looks like the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's like an easy thing to say. Oh, it's the thing I hate the most about sports is the injuries. But it's especially prevalent with the NFL, right? Because we we watch this sport different where every game, every week for me, I hold my breath. I hope nobody gets hurt. You know, like, I'm a Dolphin fan, and obviously it's a little bit more exacerbated because it's Tua, and we know the situation there. But every time Tua gets hit, and he hasn't been hit very much this year at all, please get back up. Or every time Tyreek Hill takes a big hit, please get back up. It's like every single week with this game that we love, that is the biggest sport in our country, it's it's the biggest story where can your team, in order to win a Super Bowl, your team has to be great, and your team has to be really lucky. And this is the lucky part, and the Cowboys just got dealt a super unlucky blow this afternoon. The Cowboys' defense has allowed just 10 points in its 2-0 and start. They have a league-leading five interceptions through the first two weeks alone. Trayvon Diggs picked up his first interception this past weekend against the Jets. He's only allowed 26 yards on just two receptions through the first two games of the year. It doesn't get much better than the way that Diggs, this Cowboys secondary, has been playing and how this Cowboys defense has been playing overall. And so this is... A huge loss. And I'm with you when you lose the, you know, we saw it happen with Nick Chubb over the weekend, right? You lose these huge names in this sport. It's such a bummer, man. Even if it's not your team, because you want to watch the greatness and we are watching greatness all over the place in in the NFL and Trayvon Diggs is part of that greatness. So a huge, huge loss for the Dallas Cowboys. Todd Archer, ESPN's NFL Nations Cowboys reporter was on Freddie and Harry earlier discussing the severity of now no digs for this defense. 
this is a massive loss. There's no other way around it. Just how well he's played, how well he's paired with Stephon Gilmore. I mean, he's getting up three catches for 31 yards on eight targets in two games. Wow. I mean, that's his passer rating against him 9.9, according to Next Gen stats. I mean, he's playing probably better than he did two years ago when he had 11 picks and had one in the first each of the first seven games. He contributed to three of the team's seven defensive takeaways, adding a force fumble, three passes defended, four tackles. I, I don't know. I don't know how you make up for that loss if you're well, Dallas. Look, he's really good. You're not gonna. You're not just replacing. You're not just finding somebody else and saying, "Hey, you're you're new Trayvon Diggs." He's really good, and they're not going to be able to replace him. But when you look at, like, say Nick Chubb, who suffers the season-ending injury on Monday night, I believe that tanks Cleveland's season. I don't believe the loss of Trayvon Diggs tanks Dallas's season. I don't. It's a big loss. I don't think it changes the bottom line for this team. Like I said. He's really good, but he's not the guy. He's not the guy that you never throw against. He's not, you know, the guy where it, it's why he has 17 interceptions the last three years. Like part of the reason you get all those interceptions because the ball is being thrown in your direction every now and then. You know, it's like last week with the Cowboys and Jets where Sauce Gardner, after the game, he went up to Dak and was like, yo. Why didn't you ever? Why didn't you ever throw to my side? And Dak was like, "Yeah, I'm not interested in throwing to your side." Like Sauce Gardner had two interceptions last year. They're not throwing in his direction. So I'm not trying to take away from Trayvon Diggs, but the point that I'm saying is, I don't think it's a season ender for Dallas. I think I think the bottom line is still the bottom line for this team. The reason, though, that the secondary in part was so deadly wasn't just because of Diggs, but then on the other side, I mean, you're choosing between one evil and another because if you're not throwing to Diggs, then you're throwing to Stephon Gilmore. So the guy on the other side playing opposite of him, a former NFL defensive player of the year. Now they've only got one of those sort of guys, right, on the team. Noah Igbenogany seems like is probably going to have to try to fill the shoes of Trayvon Diggs. That's a player you and I watched in Miami very closely, a player that, yeah, Unfortunately, we didn't watch him very much. He That's was a first-round pick and hardly played his three years with the Dolphins. So we really didn't get to see him very often. But it's look, the second and third guys now, or, or I guess the third and fourth guys for Dallas, end up becoming the second and third guys. And as long as you got Parsons, who's playing up front there, and putting the pressure on the quarterback, like getting the pressure on the quarterback, the pass rush is going to help anyone who's in the secondary and is going to throw force bad passes and is going to create opportunities for those guys in the secondary, which, of course, Trayvon Diggs has taken advantage of. So, yes, it's a very big loss, and it stinks if you're a Cowboy fan. Your mind's in your business on a Thursday afternoon. You're trying to get through the work day. You're waiting for 5 p.m. to hit so you can go home and maybe make yourself a cocktail or pour a glass of wine and enjoy some Thursday night football tonight. And you get the news that your favorite cornerback, Trayvon Diggs, is out for the year. It stinks. But I don't think it changes the bottom line for Dallas this year. And you get that news when everything's going well for your team, right? I mean, yeah. it couldn't be going better right now for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. You know, there was once a girl, Zaslow, on first take uh, not too long ago yeah, who on. had the audacity go to on. say that the Dallas Cowboys were going to be very good this season and even look better than the Philadelphia Eagles. You're the smartest guy in the room right now. Thing. It was the craziest thing ever said. 
I'm, I think I need to take that clip and immediately put it out on social and do my victory lap now, just in case this Trayvon Diggs injury ends up meaning more to Dallas than we're thinking that it will. I, I mean, how, 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 how much are you crossing your fingers throughout the season that the Cowboys, I mean, if they win the Super Bowl, obviously, but how about just outlasting Philadelphia oh, in the postseason? Look at you now is what you're going to say to everybody. I've never been a Dallas Cowboys fan in my life, but all of a sudden I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. And this ain't the season to be one now if these guys are going to start dropping like flies. But I agree with you. Trayvon digs the injury to him. It's a huge loss for Dallas. It's not a season-ending loss. It's not a, okay, now you don't have Super Bowl aspirations sort of loss. I don't think it changes. Igmanogany did have that punt return for a touchdown this season already. We saw him so rarely, as you mentioned, with our Miami Dolphins in his first three seasons with the Dolphins. He saw action in nine games last year, seven games in 2021. First round three, pick. three pass deflections in 2022, none in 2021, and two as a rookie in 2020. Boy, it was some bad years watching Igbenogany in that secondary. And by the way, those were good Miami Dolphins defenses. Because whatever you could say about the well, those offense Flores under teams, Flores, yeah. yeah, whatever yeah. you could say about the offense under Flores, you could not say about the Miami Dolphins defense. So he sucked. <laughs> A very good defensive system. We'll see. Maybe he can turn things around in Dallas, though. But yeah, like I, I think, I think the story with the Cowboys still is. Are they the third best team, right? That's been the conversation. We all felt like when the season started, now look, maybe our opinions changed now, 70-10 to 10 Dallas, you know, after the first two games, 2-0. and 0. But Philadelphia, San Francisco, who's the third best team? That was the conversation about Dallas going into this season. I still, maybe I bumped them up to first or second, but I still think that is absolutely the conversation as long as you got Micah Parsons running around out there like, like this big bear eating up quarterbacks as long as you got Micah Parsons out there that's like this is still going to be a really good Dallas defense a big bear eating up quarterbacks a a guy who can do everything drop back in coverage can literally do it all and also apparently play tight end because he's dabbling that just for the hell of it in practice are they going to throw him in on those goal line stands we were 100% at some point this season going to see Micah Parsons out there on offense for a play right don't you always wonder like when when they when they when you have the defensive player in on those goal line mm-hmm. offenses. How do they wind up catching the ball? Because don't you figure, oh my God, he's not in there to do nothing. They're right. clearly working on a package with Micah Parsons. How do you allow him to catch a touchdown? And he's going to, right? But how do you defend Micah Parsons? He might get, he's Micah Parsons. He's terrifying if you're lined up against him on defense, right? So <laughs> I, I guess. I would imagine that he'll be thrown out there at some point in the season. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. 49ers and Giants play tonight. We'll look ahead to that game. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. McCaffrey, a cutback, inside the five, breaks the tackle, all the way to the goal line, touchdown, San Francisco! Debo breaks a tackle, Debo takes it all the way out to the goal line, touchdown, San Francisco! I was just pumped the way we finished, getting those turnovers was huge, and especially that fourth and one to get the ball back to work the clock a little bit. That is how it sounded on KNBR as the San Francisco 49ers are undefeated on the season so far. The New York Giants are one and one. These two teams meet tonight about an hour from now. They will kick off. And although the Giants sit at one and one, Zaz, it feels like the story of two very different teams. The Giants had to come all the way back against Arizona. I guess a, a good comeback win. They didn't quit, right? But it, it was against the Cardinals. Well, it's, it's a good comeback win because a comeback win, even if against Arizona, is better than your season being over after week two because that's what it would have felt like if they didn't have a, what was it, 28-7, to 7, I think it was, in the second half. It, it, your season's over if you're 0-2 and you're in that division, of course, Dallas and Philadelphia. And by the way, Washington, right up there in front of you. So, like, I get it that the Giant fan was happy, but I also see the other side where if you're in week two and you're celebrating – a second-half monster comeback against Joshua Dobbs. <laughs> You're in for a rough year. I get it. You are in for a rough, rough year. I mean, they're certainly in for a rough first part of the year because they don't have Saquon Barkley. Right. And even if they did have Saquon Barkley, they are now going up against a team that is a monster on defense and also a monster in stopping the run. But without Barkley, forget about it. Running into that buzzsaw of a defense tonight, we're going to see how in the zone the 49ers defense will be tonight against the Giants. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. So the Giants season is not over two weeks into the season, but it feels like it's going to be incredibly ugly tonight. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I was thinking about the game earlier because I, I, I got I to know what the play is tonight. You know, ten and a half points. That's what we're talking about tonight. Everybody knows it's the Niners' favorite. I don't need to tell anybody that. So I'm wondering, what's the play, right? Well, you know, I mean, I feel like the Niners are going to be up big. Daniel Jones is going to throw the ball around. Maybe the game can go over the total. But then you realize, no Barkley. I think they're missing the left side of their offensive line also tonight, the Giants. And it's like, it could mean Daniel Jones throws the ball over the field. Or it could just mean that the Niners' defense is, you know, is pinning their ears back the entire night and just coming after Daniel Jones and he's running for his life and I feel like that's probably what we're gonna get tonight I ten and a half is a big line I know scary line I I I understand your trepidation there but yes nobody is thinking I mean straight up nobody's taking the Giants if you're just talking about it straight up obviously when you're talking about it from a betting perspective and then you're looking at how much the 49ers are favored by if you're the Giants I feel like that's what you're playing for tonight is to keep it close right and I 
I mean, listen. I don't know how they're going to score. They're not going to admit that to you. I mean, the players of the coach, oh, we're playing to win, obviously. Okay, yada, 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 yada. If I'm a Giants fan, I would feel okay if I beat that line. You know, like, I don't need to actually beat. No, I mean, you, you wouldn't. Beat yes, you no, would. No, you wouldn't. If you were That's a such a college fan. thing to say. When no, you're the big underdog true. in college, let's cover the Without line. Without Saquon? Come on. It's such a Without college Saquon? fan thing to say. I, 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 without Saquon, I feel like if you're the Giants, if they only lose by three tonight, you walk away feeling pretty good. I don't know. You're dropping a one and two. You're already way behind it in the NFC. Yes, okay, from a competitive standpoint, if you can keep it close, fine. But what winds up happening as a fan when you go into a game as a big underdog tonight, which the Giants are, and then it's like, wow, all right, this game is actually fun. We're in it. The expectation then changes. You're going to lose the game by three, and it's not going to be like, all right, well, you know what? I didn't expect it to be close, so I feel pretty good. No, you're going to be like, wow, we had a chance to win, and we didn't. This sucks. We're one and two. The Giants are about to also run into the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills. I I mean, it's it's not an easy schedule. It's a little bit of a murderous row while Barkley's going to be out. Yeah, I mean, they've got the Niners, the Seahawks, the Dolphins, the Bills— When's he expected to come back? I think three weeks. Okay, so there you go. So then hopefully he'll be back after that. You got the Commanders, Jets, Raiders, Cowboys. Uh, I mean, you're one, you're one in five by the time he gets that yeesh. Commanders game. Uh, so I, I, this is not the night that I think you can have the expectations that somehow. Short you, week. Right, Thursday. well, and that's the other component of this. Now, short week for San Francisco as well. Yeah, but they're home. Uh, like, I don't, I don't know what the numbers are, but I feel like you got to use a travel day, so you're losing a day there because of the Thursday game. San Francisco doesn't lose that day. They're at home. You're also talking all the way east, all the way west. That's no joke. Daniel Jones has taken sacks on 12% of his dropbacks this year. That's high even for him, but then you mentioned the problems with that line from a health perspective and then also what you're looking at when you're up against that D-line in the 49ers. So, yes, Daniel Jones will be trying to evade the pressure with his legs, and he may be trying to throw it all over the field because he doesn't have the help in the backfield that he's accustomed to having with Saquon. But I'm not sure he's going to have the time because he's not going to have the protection. The protection already hasn't been good for him through the first two weeks of the season, and that was not against San Francisco yet. And we know what that D-line looks like in San Francisco. This feels like a uh, a three-interception game for Daniel Jones. You know, I feel like you're getting a lot of screen passes – Quick dump-offs, check-downs, try and get rid of the ball really fast with that San Francisco defense coming after them. Late in the game, you know, all of a sudden they're trailing by two touchdowns. you got to start throwing the ball down the field a little bit more, and that's when the bad decision-making comes. I, I, think tonight, I think tonight has a chance to be really rough for the Giants. I mean, we're talking about a team that it was, what, sacked seven times in that Dallas Cowboys game, right, against that Dallas D-line. I mean, he, he spent that entire – game on his back and that's when Dallas just dominated the Giants 40 to nothing in that game it might be that kind of game again tonight for New York can I tell and- you I'm I'm, a, I'm jealous at the San Francisco 49er fan how how are you allowed to be a team that trades all the way up to the number three pick to get a quarterback they blow it I mean they totally blew in it e- epic fashion blow it in epic it's, fashion I, I mean major bust awful trade they blew it and after just two years they pull the plug they send them away and they're the class of the NFC still it's not supposed to go that's supposed to set you back for five years 
when you make that wrong pick and you trade away all the other picks that you did to get to number three. And they are the class of the NFC. It's like it's okay for me to be jealous of the Niners right now, right? Well, we don't need to be because we're Dolphins fans, and Tua also looks pretty good. Uh, He's leading the MVP race right now, even ahead of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is undefeated in the regular season. Yeah, like when's that shoe going to drop? Undefeated. The only game Brock Purdy has lost as a starter is the game that he went out with the elbow injury, so you can't even really pin that on him, and obviously that was a postseason game anyways. He has undefeated that man when he starts and finishes a game. Like it's that irrelevant. Shoe, that shoe's <laughs> never going to drop then, is it? He's like, he's well, good. Yes, at some point, yeah, hold on, hold on. So at some point, Brock Purdy is going to lose a game, yes. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying he's never going to lose <laughs> a game. All of a sudden, all of a sudden they're, uh, they're undefeated. No, but, but it, he has to eventually have a poor game, right? I don't know. With that team he has around him, with the coach, with the system, with the pieces, the only quarterback on planet Earth that can't look good in that system is the one that they traded all the picks away to draft. You should be punished if you get if you get a draft that wrong. You make a trade that poor, and, and, and the focus being on that position, you should have to be punished. And instead, they are succeeding. They are awesome. There's, not, there's no punishment. They're being rewarded. But you are punished. You you want to add? They're not and punished. Traded away. How many first rounders and second rounders was it in that? They trade? traded three to the Dolphins. It was there three. you go. So they are punished. Does it they feel like three. they're being and, punished? And by the way, those three trades didn't they end up turning into an asset to get Tyreek Hill and the drafting of Jalen Waddle for the Miami Dolphins? So it totally yeah. turned around the the Dolphins franchise as well. That trade. Yeah, it's, it's an all time great trade on the Dolphins side too. Yeah, yeah. all time great trade for the Dolphins. All-time, arguably, worst trade in NFL history for the San Francisco 49ers. No punishment. And a wash because it doesn't actually matter for the 49ers, which is just mind-boggling to think about. But that's what happens when you hit on Mr. Irrelevant in the draft. Coming up next, will the Trayvon Diggs injury derail the Dallas Cowboys season? We'll get into it. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Breaking news, Cowboys corner Trayvon Diggs tore his left ACL in practice. He's expected to miss the rest of the season. This is a massive loss. There's no other way around it. Just how well he's played, how well he's paired with Stephon Gilmore. I mean, he's playing probably better than he did two years ago. He just got paid, but what he means to not only this defense, but the football team of the Dallas Cowboys. This is a huge loss. I feel sorry for Trayvon Diggs. I, I really do. 
Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio, which is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. So let's go out to the phone lines where we find ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum. And Mike, as always, thanks so much for joining us. Trayvon Diggs out for the season now for the Dallas Cowboys. How bad is this for arguably the best defense right now in the NFL? Yeah, well, look, it's not ideal. Um, fortunately, they did um, acquire Stephon Gilmore in the offseason. They have a really good pass rush. I think that will uh, help minimize the impact. Now, um, he's a great player, and someone like Bradley Roby is out there. So uh, it's not ideal, but they should be okay with him. Mike, before this injury, and we'll see how it affects them moving forward, especially in a couple weeks when they face San Francisco, but what were your initial thoughts the first couple weeks of Dallas? I mean, I understand they've outscored their opponents 70-10, to 10, but those are not big-time contenders. So give me some thoughts on what you've seen from Dallas so far. Uh, best team in the league. Um, they have a really efficient offense, and they're going to be hard to beat because they're not going to make errors on offense, and they have a defense that's really built to play with the lead. Um, unless a team that could really sort of run the ball, control the clock, and get the lead, I think Dallas is going to be really hard to beat, and they're a complete team. Front office insider Mike Tannenbaum joining us here on Amber and Ian. Uh, in about 45 minutes from now, we have Giants 49ers kicking off. Now with this injury to Trayvon Dick, such a key element in the Cowboys' defense, are the 49ers now the team to beat in the NFC, Mike? I don't think so. You know, Philly's still there, and uh, I still like Dallas a lot. Um, Diggs is a great player, but again, because of that deep pass rush, while it's bad, again, I think it's something they can overcome. Mike, what is, like, I feel like I want to ask what's best-case scenario for the Giants tonight in San Francisco. I guess that's me saying I don't give them much of a chance to win this game tonight. Do you feel they could stay competitive tonight? No. I mean, best-case scenario, they lose by 21. I, I, I think this is a terrible match for them. Saquon Barkley, like when you talk, I'll tell you that defending the Giants is all about Saquon's space. So unless Darren Waller has like a historically great game, I just don't think uh, on a short week out there uh, going. We understand last year San Francisco's opponents lost every game the following week they played them except for the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. That's how physical they are without uh, Andrew Thomas. I think mean, it's going to be a really hard uh, game for them to win. The Giants are sitting at 1-1 one and one on this season. You think they're, they're going to get dominated tonight by the 49ers. What are your expectations for the Giants this season? Does it look like a huge mistake that they paid Daniel Jones? Uh, yeah, I think Daniel Jones is a B. You know, they're going against some A's in the NFC. And, um, look, it's still a long year to go. Um, but getting Saquon back is really job number one for them to remain competitive uh, in the NFC. I think they are the third best team in the NFC East. Mike, I want to get your thoughts here on the last 24 hours in Chicago. Let's start out with Justin Fields. Can you explain to me from a front office perspective, when Justin Fields makes the comments he makes that the coaching may have contributed to his robotic play, what then happens behind the scenes before he comes back out and tries to essentially recant? Yeah, you know, you talked to him. I think Justin Fields is a great kid. No one's really prepared for these jobs, you know, being a head coach, a, a quarterback in a big city like that. I think he misspoke. I think he tried to clean it up. I kind of give him a pass on what he said, but I don't give him a pass on how he's played. I don't think he's played very well. Um, and I think he's a more well-intentioned person than what he came across. But, you know, as a quarterback, guys, like, 
you got to remember the, the old axiom that, you know, generals of the Army eat last, not first. When things go well, it's because everybody else around you. And when things go poorly, it's because you made a mistake as the quarterback. Our ESPN NFL front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, joining us here on Amber and Ian. Jonathan Zaslow filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. Let's talk about the other drama that's happening in Chicago. Alan Williams, the D coordinator there, he abruptly resigned. From a front office perspective, Mike, how do you handle it? What goes on inside an NFL front office when things change within an organization, shockingly, abruptly, or overnight? Yeah, Amber, you know, typically... Uh, you go into the season not hoping for that, not playing for it, but actually having contingencies. You know, your head coach gets ill, whatever it may be. So um, good organizations are proactive. I think Matt Eberflus has a defensive background. So um, I, hopefully it's not going to be um, too much of a disruption. But most teams do have contingency plans if they're going to lose a trainer or a video person, um, again, a play caller on either side of the ball. Mike, two of the three rookie starting quarterbacks are banged up right now. Anthony Richardson, he looks very questionable for this weekend. Bryce Young looks very questionable for this weekend. What have you made of the performances of the three rookie quarterbacks so far? You know, really what to expect, some flash plays. Anthony Richardson scored a couple touchdowns last week um, before he got hurt, and they're, they're going to be okay. It just takes a while. The quarterback position is a developmental position. You know, Bryce Young has an ankle. I think we're going to see Andy Dalton this week. He's missed two days of practice. I think Bryce will be fine. It's going to take some time. I don't think Carolina has great uh, weapons. You know, Jonathan Mingo struggled the second-round pick out of Ole Miss. So um, I think part of that is they'll get better personnel over the next couple of years. What do you make of this ankle injury, as you mentioned, to Bryce Young? Not expected, it doesn't look like, to get the go against the Seahawks this weekend. How traumatic is that from a developmental perspective? Because you said that the key for these guys, give them time to develop. It's very hard to develop when you're behind a bad line and you can't stay healthy because of it, Mike. Yeah, that's right. And you throw with your legs and, uh, you know, you need, you know, we're seeing Joe Burrow deal with it with his calf and an ankle injury is not ideal for a quarterback. Hopefully it's not severe and Bryce Young can start getting the reps that he desperately needs both at practice and in the games. What do we do about Joe Burrow this weekend, Mike? They're 0-2. You know, it feels like, all right, if he plays and exacerbates the injury, you got a big problem. But if he doesn't play and you drop to 0-3, you got a big problem. What do you do? I don't play him. You know, the calf is a tricky injury. You know, working with trainers over the years, it's not well vascularized, and it's an injury that, you know, is very unpredictable. I want to make sure that he's totally healthy before anything else happens. So hopefully um, he gets the rest he needs. If he plays, hopefully he can stay healthy. I, I don't like calf injuries, and, and they have a tendency to linger. Mike, it's two weeks into the season. Let's overreact real quick on your way out with us. The NFC South has been a shocking division in all the good ways, really. I mean, three teams undefeated that a lot of people thought would maybe be on the opposite side of that win-loss column. Do you believe in any of those three teams, the Falcons, Saints, or Bucks at all? Yeah, you know, I, I, I like um, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, because they can play really good defense. So those are two teams I think will maybe be surprises and, and play meaningful games throughout the year. Um, offenses are certainly a work in progress, but Dennis Allen, Todd Bowles, two great defensive minds. ESPN NFL front office insider, Mike Tannebaum. Thanks, Mike. Okay. Thank you. It'd probably help if I was 
you know, not there you go. turning down my mic, turning it back on, mic on and off, hitting there the off go. button on my mic. You know, it's amateur hour over I here. I like for when me. it's not my fault, though. Yeah. Well, there you go. You 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 started panicking, <laughs> Jonathan Zaslow in for <laughs> Ian Fitzsimmons. <laughs> Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. James Steele really started panicking, thinking Could've I had left that. the show. I'm still here, Ryan Matlack. I'm still here, everyone. It is fine. I just it can't always operate my equipment. Apparently, Joe Burrow is he going to be operating with the Cincinnati Bengals this week at day to day for Burrow? They are sitting at zero and two on the season, but Zaz, the Bengals have been zero and two before. In fact, they've been zero and two and zero and two and zero and two. It's kind of their thing. They love to start seasons in the hole and everyone freaks out about it and then they just find themselves competing for a conference championship every year. Yeah, but I'll, I'll bet they weren't 0 and 3. You know, like 0 and 3 is a different animal. And on top of it, I'll bet they weren't 0 and 3 with Joe Burrow dealing with a calf injury and it, you heard how concerned about it Mike was there where you know, calf injuries lead to even more substantial injuries right below the calf. You know, we, we've seen it. We saw it with Kevin Durant, right? It initially starts as a calf injury. It works its way down, and you can have an Achilles injury, you know? So that's a pretty serious thing if you allow it to be a pretty serious thing. Mike said there he would sit him, but that's it's tough because you sit him and you drop to 0 and 3. Look, the 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 Rams, the Rams look like they could be a lot better than people thought they were going to be going into this season. Like that first week that win against Seattle was one of the surprises in week number 1. So, you sit Burrow on Monday night, which they may. I know he was limited today. 0 and 3. Yeah, that's I think I heard a stat the other day, Amber. It's something like one out of like a really big number on the other side have made the postseason at 0-3. It was the Deshaun Watson-led Houston Texans like four years ago. They're like the only ones out of a massive number of teams that started 0-3 and still made the postseason. Yeah, the Bengals were 0-2 last season, then turned things around against the New York Jets in Week 3. Last season, Burrow was coming off of that apodectomy, right? And so he still was coming into the season not quite himself. But the calf injury is a whole different ballgame yeah. because you don't want him to step right. You don't want him to start favoring something else. He blows out his knee because he's not stepping right on the calf. So you certainly want to play this right if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. Here is the quarterback of the Bengals, Joe Burrow. It's obviously tough whenever you have an injury. When you start 0-2, that's obviously not ideal. But that's adversity of the season. That's the ups and downs of the year. The teams that come out on top at the end of it are going to be the teams that handle that adversity the best. You can't let it snowball on you. That's what we've done in the past. And if you go back and look year to year at the teams that are still in it at the end, everybody has adversity at some point in the year. Everybody stinks at some point, according to the media. So... We're just going to sit here and continue to get better. We're going to have good practices. We're going to take it week by week, and that's all you can do. Whoa, I don't know whoa, about that. Whoa, I don't Joe, know. Joe, what was I don't the, know about that. What was the shot there at the media, buddy? Why are we catching shrapnel? What did the media do? It's all our fault that he hurt his calf. I don't know so. about that. Yeah, everybody sucks at some point. I don't know. No, no, no. Just like, you know, at the point where, you know, you're 0-2, dude. <laughs> like, that's probably the point that we're going to be critical of, you know, your team because – that's the point. You're not playing the best. And they haven't been playing the best. They've got the Rams coming up Monday night football, as you mentioned. The Rams do look better than a lot of people expected this season. The Titans after that, Cardinals, Seahawks. We'll see how they handle the situation with Joe Burrow. But you don't go out there and risk it if there's any chance that he's going to hurt himself further, in my By opinion. By the way, that, that doesn't sound like a guy who thinks he's not playing Monday night. 
that sounded like a guy who was planning on playing to me. That's how he was playing. He last year he came out after they were zero and two, and he was very Joe Cool, and he was like, "I don't get why everyone's freaking out. We're fine. This is like no big deal." And this year, I feel like he sounds more frustrated. You know, the, is taking shots at the media unnecessarily, like we're inventing this or something when they're sitting there at zero and two. He is very uh, cool, though. He, he is. Oh, cool. well, he is cool. He is. He is. That wasn't so cool, but he's cool. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. The drama in Chicago continues. We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. I felt like I was kind of robotic and not playing like myself. I wanted to be honest. I wanted to be forthright with what he's saying. And then can we work through this together to get him to play free and to have him have that flow? Of six sacks the other day, four of those six are on him. In the end, unacceptable play from the quarterback. What Fields does does not align with what the Bears want him to do. And that to me is, again, taking the square peg and trying to put it in the round hole. It's pretty obvious that there is a disconnect right now between the quarterback of the Chicago Bears and the coaching staff of the Chicago Bears. Something's not right in Chicago, and boy, has it been ugly on that football field. Jonathan Zaslow filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons here on Amber and Ian, which is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So things not going well in Chicago. Things really weren't supposed to go particularly well in Chicago, though, Zaslow. I don't know why anybody had expectations for this team overall. People had expectations, though, for Justin Fields. And that component of this, I can understand being frustrating, extra frustrating to Bears fans, because we did see, even though it was a bad Bears team last season, we saw those those snippets of just wild talent. He, at times, was the most exciting quarterback to watch because of his ability there with his legs also to evade pressure, everything that he could do. And he's not utilizing any of that skill set so far this season. Yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the part about no one really expected anything from Chicago going into the season. Well, I they think- shouldn't have. <laughs> Yeah, well, it turns out they shouldn't have because Detroit looks like they're for real despite the loss last week, and Green Bay looks like they're going to be better than people thought. But I think going into the season, you looked at those teams, including Minnesota, and it's like, all right, maybe Chicago, if Justin Fields can take that next step, maybe Chicago can be a team that competes in that division. So I do think there were some expectations for this team, But for me, going into this season, with Justin Fields, it's about, okay, we got to find out, is he a runner who could throw, or is he a quarterback who could run? And I I don't know the answer to that going into this season, and right now, through these first two games, he looks like he's a runner who could throw, which is not what you want. They're trying to make him into a quarterback who could run. And he is clearly very uncomfortable with that. It It's weird to think that a quarterback that looked one way in a, in a ter- on a terrible team last season terrible. could then look 
so much worse somehow on still a terrible team this season, but a team, by the way, that did bring in some weapons and like should have improved from mm-hmm. last season to this season. So like he has become the problem. It almost feels like in Chicago when there was all sorts of problems in Chicago around him last season, he shouldn't have been one of the problems if he's healthy and he's out there and he's developing on schedule. Something has stunted that development. And maybe it is Matt Eberflus. Maybe it is this coaching staff and this coaching system. And certainly that's what Justin Fields is out here alluding to and then walking it back. But he already said the thing. However, the coaching doesn't fully explain it all because Justin Fields has an average pass length of four and a half, the shortest in the entire NFL, despite having 3.2 seconds to throw, which is the third longest amount of time in the entire NFL. It's only two games. But the point is, Justin Fields isn't being rushed. It's not the pressure that he's under where he doesn't have time out there to get anything done. He's just not executing what is being called. You have to be able to take advantage of everything you just said. And, and I've seen the clips on social media where they're showing you the view from over the shoulders, you know, of Justin Fields and how he is missing the receivers, where he's not seeing the play. These plays like you're talking about, where he's getting several seconds, getting a lot of time to throw. And that's what I'm talking about. He needs to be a quarterback who could run. And I understand he's saying, you know, look, I want to get back to thinking free and I don't have to think about all the things that the coaches are, are are putting in my head and then it's it's stunting what I want to do during the game. Look, the last eight games that Justin Fields started last year for Chicago, they lost them all. And he was playing really free. Mm-hmm. And he was running around and putting up big rushing numbers. And in the final five of those games, they didn't even score 24 points. So maybe we... Ch- and Again, it's only been two games this year. But Maybe we try and do it the new way this year. Even if right now it's not making you comfortable, eventually the plan is you get comfortable because the way last year ended in 3-14. and 14. I mean, a good coach knows how to fit the system to the quarterback, right? You have to know what you're working with. The thing is, though, with Eberflus and Ryan Poles is this isn't their guy. And I kept saying that, and Chicago Bears fans would push back against me. And the best argument against that is the fact that they traded away the number one overall pick, right? This isn't their guy. They didn't believe in him. Why the heck would they have done that? Why wouldn't they have drafted a quarterback? Well, maybe Or maybe they're just punting on it, and they figure they'll address it in the next draft. Because the truth is, they're giving Justin Fields an opportunity here to prove himself, Mm -hmm. but at the same time he wasn't the quarterback that they chose to fit the system and so you would hope that they could adjust that Eberflus could adjust that he could implement whatever system he thinks is best fit for this particular quarterback with this particular skill set but there is something that's happening here and a disconnect where that's not actually panning out and I was watching get up this morning everybody on the get up set was so hypercritical of, of of the coaching staff here in Chicago and this being their fault and nothing being on Justin Fields but when you pull the numbers I mean I was just telling you the the average length of his passes it's the four shortage average pass length through week two since 2006 he's thrown just 12 passes of 10 plus air yards two touchdowns two interceptions no passes over 25 air yards and who's at fault for that well I I think it could be both is it Eberflus I that's what I think I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle yeah, and, and like we heard Carlin there on the bumper coming in where he's, you know, it's the staff, the management. And I think he's right. I think it could be both. 
but I certainly don't think Justin Fields is bereft of any blame here. And then, of course, we did the thing here where he says the one thing and then comes back Mm -hmm. out and, you know, the media took him out of context, which is always code for I said the wrong thing. I wish that you don't tell everybody the wrong thing that I said. Like, when you play an entire video clip of what you say, which was kind of putting the blame on the coaching staff, telling you too many different things, when you play the whole clip, that's not out of context. But he did it, it, that. That's how you walk it back. Uh, the blaming the media thing is like the I got hacked thing. Like that's the new I got hacked. Yeah. You blame the media. It's the media that's spinning this. Not me. Not the full quote that I that I actually said. 